This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, guys, before we get to the potential new AD for Ohio State replacing outgoing Gene Smith, we do have to get to our weekly segment, bi-weekly segment, the Michigan Panic Meter, and mine remains unchanged. I am all the way in the gray. I'm feeling groovy. We got the band back together. We're running it back. Ohio State's in a good spot. All the naysayers can uh, can can eat my dust. Like I'm feeling really good about where Ohio State is. And now it's about all right. What else, what other small changes to the staff do you make? And you know what other dalliances in the portal do you go after there, Spencer? But I'm feeling good. Yeah, I'm uh I at least I think I was in the light gray last time, so I'm sticking in the light gray as well. Uh feeling pretty good about things. Uh, listen, as far as I'm concerned, Michigan winning the national championship, that's that's a thing of the past. We we are we are on to 2024, if you will. That, that that's old news. Jim Harbaugh is interviewing for jobs. Uh JJ McCarthy is going to the Do you, by the way, you think JJ McCarthy is going to be a good pro? No. Yeah, and I could be wrong, but like most he, of every... he reminds me of a rich man's Kenny Pickett. Yeah, I don't hate that. I mean, he's he's bigger and more athletic than than Kenny is, but like so much of what is spoken about him is the intangibles. It's, and... it's like care. It's like character traits. Yeah, which, like oh, he's, he's a great leader. Which which was funny because when you got to the Washington Michigan matchup and you were comparing the two quarterbacks, it was this whole like everyone was like salivating over McCarthy, like oh, he's a great leader and. He's just got this toughness to him, and he's always going to find a way to win. And then the other side, you were like, "Man, Michael Penix Jr. That guy's got a dot of an of a of, a, of accuracy. He's he's got such great vision. He sees the field well, and it's like that's kind of the stuff that matters more when when you go to the next level than just just being able to be a good leader. But okay, yeah. I mean, fine. granted, granted, the the thing that and this is not something you really got to see a lot of in Michigan's offense because the way it's set up. 
I think something that could help him a long way is if he has some processing powers. We never got to see at Michigan. You know, I mean, I think you look at CJ, CJ Stroud went from a, a great college quarterback to potentially one of the five best quarterbacks in the NFL because the Texans really not stumbled upon, but really understood his ability to, to diagnose a defense pre and post snap was otherworldly. And like that, honestly, like you want to get to the difference between CJ Stroud and Bryce young year one of the NFL yeah. that goes a long way. So I, I, I can't speak to the processing power of JJ McCarthy, but like the tools that look pretty average. And, you yeah. know, now granted, I don't really love any of these quarterbacks. I'm, I'm pretty nervous about all of them for a different reason. But I, at this point, I will say I'd be shocked if J.J. wasn't a top 20 pick given they just won the national championship and given the fact that there is probably 25% of the NFL looking for quarterbacks and looking to take a run at quarterbacks. That always, that always kind of pushes guys up in the draft a little bit uh, farther ahead of where they he's, should go. He's doing what Cardell Jones did which was I'm maximizing on my – now he's got more, like, obviously games under his belt and all that and experience, but he's he's maximizing on his potential now versus being like, oh, I'll come back and see what happens next year if I, you know, were to lose to Ohio State or not win. Like, his stock would never be higher, so he's doing that. Also, te- I, in some ways, te- the Texans did kind of stumble into C.J. Stroud because uh, David Tepper decided he didn't want C.J. Stroud. So what was your other option? They were like, ah, well, I guess we got to take him, and it's worked out for him, so – Thanks, David Tepper. If you're a Texas fan, don't get me started on that clown. <laughs> I I have, I everything I know, that I, know I felt it's home for you. That's why every I time <laughs> every time I, I I talk about the Haslam's, a lot of that agita has been transferred over to Dave Tepper, a man who's taking a middle of the road franchise in Carolina and running it right down the toilet. But you had something to say about uh, Harbaugh before yeah. we get to the new AD, by the way. So he's the only coaching candidate in the NFL that's interviewed for a job at this point because the other guys, the other assistants and things, they can't interview until – actually, I take that back. Belichick interviewed because his was a pardon of ways, that type of thing. But any well, assistants and, – And anybody who had a bye this last week, so uh, Baltimore and San Francisco assistants were able to interview yeah, yeah. just as a quick interjection. Right. So, but other than that – like he's the he's one of the he get he can get a leg up on this stuff because he doesn't he's not tied to another team at the moment or anything like that. So he interviewed over the weekend, or I guess on Monday he interviewed technically MLK Day. Um and it, like we know like the tea, what the tea leaves are suggesting is that he's kind of been linked to them and there's mutual interest and it's just about kind of going through the formalities and the process to see if they land there. And this and this could all change and he could come back and then maybe this conversation's a moot point. But should Ohio like does it lessen? Does winning against Michigan without Jim Harbaugh there next year, if that's what happens here, and JJ McCarthy for that matter, and these guys that you couldn't beat, does it lessen a win over Michigan if that's the case? Um, no, and and here's I, I cannot give the malcontents, the Anthony Limas, I cannot give them this. Um, there's plenty of times where Ohio State has beat a bad Michigan team, and vice versa. And honestly, I'm very happy that uh, that the rivalry's back, even though Ohio State's on the wrong side of it. But no. And and one, I'm not buying that even if Harbaugh and McCarthy go off to the NFL, Roman Wilson off to the NFL, they got some other guys potentially jumping off to the NFL. I'm not buying that all of a sudden they're going to be a seven-win team. So as long as Michigan is still a 9-10, 11-win team, and I have no re- – I've watched Alex Orgy. I have no reason to believe oh. – that that dude can't be. That's in, that's in your Google history. 
that is i have i've done a lot of research on orgy and orgies just anything orgy i've gone into not because i want to not because i want to be the guy after the guy i after the guy but because quite frankly (laughs) this is what is expected upon me but no i i the michigan could win one game next year and beating Michigan still is going to matter to something. It matter for something. Yeah. And the, any fans saying, "Oh, well, it's not going to be the same." Honestly, you just want Ryan Day fired. It's all confirmation bias. There's nothing yeah. the guy can do other than win every game next year. And even then, you're probably not going to give him credit either. Well, two things: we can't we can't say that the main goal is beat Michigan, and fans clamor for that and yell about it and scream into the abyss about it and say Ryan Day should be fired because he hasn't done that the last three years, and then have like a, a like then have it be like well he has to beat michigan a specific way it can't like you can't change the goalposts like that when you continue to say that the number one goal and the main goal of this team every year is just to strictly but, beat michigan no matter what they look like no matter who's out there coaching whether it's you whether it's me whether they got the worst quarterback in the country what like i don't care it shouldn't matter about any of that it should just be strictly you got to beat Michigan. That's the number one thing every single year that matters to Ohio State fans, and that's what they've told me the last year. So I but have you to know. Believe. But let's just be honest here. We both know that if you beat a weaker Michigan team and then you know losing the playoffs, and then next year going into the year, the knock will be, well, he's only beaten Michigan when they were down. Yeah, I don't, and that's it's and that's just it's just the unfortunate. There's just that segment of people it's just chaotic and it's toxic and i get it i do listen i I, for all things i say about them being overreactive i do understand the central thesis and and disgruntled part of what they're saying i just think they're blowing out of proportion now we have uh spent 47 minutes on this podcast and we have yet to we have we've neglected one of the more interesting topics on ohio state which is that they could be settling in on a new AD. Reports are that uh, you know, nothing's finalized yet, but that Texas A&M uh, athletic director Ross Bjork will be the man that's uh, that takes over for Gene Smith in Columbus. And I got to be honest with you, um, considering how many really strong candidates there were off the Gene Smith um, tributary and in the AD tree. There are anywhere from five to ten super qualified candidates at other power five jobs that I am I'm shocked that a place as insulated as as regional and, and as you know we, we look after our own. I'm shocked that they went with a guy with no Ohio State ties to be the athletic director, given just how furtive soil that uh that the the, the gene smith uh the farming is for all the ad's i'm I'm butchering most of this yeah but yeah. i'm just i was i was blown away it's not like there aren't guys to go to that that worked under gene or that have you know a real a real ability to do this job yeah i think what's interesting with with bjork and first of all i want to be clear like i always have a hard time assessing what makes it like what's a good ad like i i think for fans of especially college football, the first thing you're always going to look at is, okay, well, what did he do with the football program? What coach did he bring in? And to clarify too, we checked this before the show. He was not the person who hired Jimbo Fisher. He was the person who fired Jimbo Fisher this past year, but he was not the person who brought Jimbo Fisher in. So I think that is important context in terms of that specific situation. Cause I'm telling you, that's the first thing fans are going to look at. 
But like to me, like ADs are just kind of like spokespeople for the department, for the athletic department. And they're the most important job. And maybe this is why um he's getting he's 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 the number one option or the guy that it looks like they're going to hire is are they good at fundraising? Because you mentioned too before the show that from just kind of looking back on some of his other stops that he's had, every time he's left, it seems like people aren't that that um upset about it. They're they're, they're kind of like, okay, fine. And so I just wonder like, is is he not like a great is he not a great personality and people don't really care if he leaves, but is he really good at fundraising? I would imagine like Texas A&M, they have one of the more, from what I understand, bankrolled um, booster and alumni bases where they could really tap into some of that and, and bring in a lot of NIL money. So maybe he did a good job down there. It seems like the, in recent years, they were getting a lot of top recruits because they were buying into the NIL stuff. And I know a couple years ago, I think Jimbo actually had one of the top recruiting class in the country, if not the top recruiting class in the country. Um, he's not going to be there to see it through obviously, but so I think that matters. And maybe that's where Ohio state's looking is like, Hey, we need to really focus on NIL and get that piece of this puzzle figured out. And Bjork is a guy that they think can do that. So that's my guess as to why they like him. But I don't know that like there, there's some hot take to have about, about an AD that really neither of us have, have been around or can, can really attest to being, Oh, he's great. Or he's terrible. I think it's just going to be one of those things like you got to kind of see what happens. Now, if he comes in and Ryan Day, you know, shits the bed year this next year and he fires him and brings in a coach and it's the wrong coach, then, yeah, I think we'll all have opinions about him. But right now it's just kind of like we don't know what he brings to the table that attracted him to Ohio State. But there's got to be something there, and I'm imagining it's probably a financial piece that 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 is why they're so attracted to him. Yeah, I mean, I think from the coaching perspective, he inherited Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M. And this was his first chance to kind of uh, fire Jimbo and find a coach to take over for him. And I think we all remember the Mark Stoops turn into Mike Elko thing. So I think that's interesting. Whether that's something to blame Ross Bjork for or not, I don't know. But, I mean, even if you look at the Ole Miss situation where he took over, he he inherited uh, Hugh Freeze. And that, that team was having a lot of success with Hugh Freeze. But then came the NCAA nightmares. And maybe Ross Bjork stuck with Hugh Freeze a little too long, and then he didn't stick the landing by by hiring somebody that was, uh, I think it was Matt Luke, who was just kind of an assistant off that team. So, you know, I I, I personally, by the way, I personally love Mike Elko, and I personally yeah. love Stoops. So, like, I actually think whomever he had decided on for Texas A&M probably was going to work out better than Jimbo because the expectations are going to be different. But, like, we don't really have a frame of reference or at least a good frame of reference for coaching hires. And I I do like, you know, Ole Miss fans weren't sad to see him go. I don't think Texas A&M fans are sad to see him go. And I think when you look at the fundraising thing, it almost makes me wonder if there was a sins of the father situation with Gene Smith, where if, if maybe Ohio State leaders felt like Gene Smith, whether it was reticence, whether it just wasn't, whether it was age, wh- whatever it was, they didn't feel like he prioritized and attacked NIL to the, the degree necessary and that that might have been what has played into Ohio State and Michigan being neck and neck these last couple of years. And maybe that's what hurt any of the candidates that were from the, the Gene Smith tree, right? 
Yeah. It's almost like, well, he didn't do this. These guys learned under him. We can't have that. So we got to go, you know, behind door B because at least this guy has just gross and kind of ridiculous levels of NIL that he's kind of threw around there over the first three or four years of NIL in college football. I'm convinced that, again, just face value, looking at this thing, surface level, we don't know a ton yet, and he hasn't officially been hired. Um, I'm imagining the NIL stuff had a lot to do with this hire. If they believe or they've seen the results of him being a good fundraiser at Texas A&M, and I'll I'll read more up on that before we jump on and do the next show, um, Like, then I, I would imagine that probably played a big role into why they're bringing him in. Because that, that's a huge piece. I mean, it's always a huge piece about how much money you can bring into any athletic department, any any organization. But especially now in today's day and age with college football and recruiting, it is exponentially important. So I, I, I'm, I'm guessing that has a lot to do with it. Can I tell you just something, just having seen him? He kind of looks like P.J. Fleck with hair. And he kind of <laughs> also looks a little bit like John Lynch. I don't know why, but that bugs me. And there's just something about a guy named Ross. Like you're going from a guy named Gene to a guy named Ross. These are very uh, non-scientific reactions. The one-syllable names don't do it for you, huh? Uh, it's it's like, you know. Even though you have a I'm, one-syllable name? <laughs> oh, this isn't about me, Spencer, okay? Don't don't get hateful on this. Nick, that's a, that's a classic name. Gene Ross. Like, are we playing Parcheesi or are we running athletic director? You know, are we are we running athletic uh, programs here? I just I, name wise doesn't do a lot for me. Although one of the other names was Pat, so I don't know. I was really hot on the names thing. Did did just athletic directors have weird or just oddly old timey names? I don't know. I don't I know. Think, there's, I no real, so. there's no real. There's no way the- to go here. I honestly think a lot of them have old timey names because they were probably hired in like 1970 and they're, they're just still there. You think Ross Bjork is actually a vampire? I can I mean, not, not him, but I, there's definitely a lot of athletic departments. And I know this from like working in athletic departments where like they've just kept an AD around for so long and they finally like retired maybe recently. So yeah, I think it's a lot of just like the same, the same person's been in those roles forever, which is why I question like, ADs, they're important, and I, I think the fundraising piece is the biggest thing. But I always just wonder, like, they're just they're just kind of like mouthpieces for the department because you can't have every coach go and like talk to every other athletic department and figure these things out. You need somebody to kind of be the spokesperson. So that's what that's what they become. They're like the Roger Goodell of it all. But are they really doing all these things and implementing all these things? I don't know. I I, I just don't know like what. I always just wonder, like, the qualifications needed to become an AD. I get that you need a certain degree level. I just think they're they're just they're just fundraisers with a bigger title. That's all. That's all it is. Spencer German thinks ADs don't matter for shit. <laughs> at Spencito <laughs> underscore on Twitter, Ross Bjork at Spencito underscore. Any ADs listening to this? If you can tell us what an athletic director does other than fundraising. At Spencito underscore at Nick Wilson says, drop it in the comments. Of course, guys, are you pumped about Ross Bjork? And if so, please tell us why. Because I just uh, the, the, there's just nothing erotic about hiring an athletic director. But uh, as we are a new podcast, please make sure to follow the show wherever you get your podcasts. Apple, Spotify, the free Odyssey app, 923thefan.com. 
We could have an interesting week. Will Harbaugh get a job? Uh, what other Michigan players could go to the NFL? What other coaching changes could Ohio State have? We've got the portal news. Uh, somebody like Caleb Downs. We'll see where he ends up, if he ends up somewhere else. All this stuff to come on the back half of this week, guys. But appreciate you, Spencer. Go Bucks. 